1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. I'm Tina Cortez with On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. My co-host and our real estate expert is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Now, just before we get to our first guest, earlier this week, the Premier of Ontario, along with Steve Clark, Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing, gathered with the province's big city mayors and regional chairs. At the summit, Premier Ford announced details of a new fund to cut the red tape. We're providing over $45 million for a new streamlined development approvals fund. That will help the province's largest municipalities unlock housing supply by cutting the red tape that continues to stifle progress and will improve the local processes for getting residential and industrial developments underway. Asif, so what do you think about this fund? I think it's an absolutely fabulous idea, and it really shows that the government is going in the right direction because we really do need to cut red tape. We need to get builders their permits in hand so that they can start with the supply chain, and and we need new builds now. And this is really going to help with affordability and also solve the problems that we've had uh, with the supply crisis. Well, it seems that is something that everyone agrees on. It is about supply. So let's get to our first guest. And our first guest is a familiar name to the show, and uh, it's Ben Myers, President of Bullpen Research and Consulting. Ben, welcome back, and Happy New Year. Ah, Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me back. Ben, what is the headline from the January National Rent Report? I know there's a lot going on with Toronto rents. Yeah, we uh, had a little bit of a pullback in uh, in rents, you know, nationally from uh, from month to month, you know, um, Again, nationally is eighteen twenty a month in November, dropped to about seventeen ninety in in December. And again, this is the average rent across all property types. So, but it's not unexpected in December. December, January, February are typically the slowest months for uh, you know rental apartment activity. So we typically see a little bit of a drop in in rent. On the longer term, obviously, you know, rents are up from where they were last year, which which was, you know, um, you know, very close to the worst part of the uh, the pandemic. The uh, what I'm kind of referring to is the uh, you know the pre-vaccine pandemic. So um, so certainly not unexpected to see a little bit of a drop in December, and we don't think it was related to to, to Omicron. We just think it's the the typical seasonal decline that occurred in that marketplace. So. Will be interesting to see again. Uh, you know, schools are back back open uh, this week, and in it will be interesting to see how quickly the economy uh, opens back up and and uh, and uh, renters are back. You know, looking at apartments again. So, Ben, before we take a look at the breakdown across the GTA, what are some of the other takeaways from the January National Rent Report that you can share with us? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything particularly um, that was, you know, that stuck out that I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely something different than than before. I think we mentioned previously on the report that, uh, you know, the small units were starting to come back. The small units were hurt the, hurt the most during the pandemic because obviously people were working at home, people were educating at home, so they uh, they wanted some additional space. So when their leases were up, they were going and finding 
you know, larger units at least had a bin or a den or a dedicated space to, to work or set their kids up uh, for virtual learning. So we saw a big increase in the value of uh, units that were uh, larger, two-bedroom, two-bedroom plus den and, and, and three-bedroom units. And that kind of, um, you know, continued into the, uh, you know, the rental rates for, you know, single-family homes and townhomes. It really took off. Um, you know, in the in the second half of of 2021, so a lot of the same trends, uh, you know, we expect to continue, especially if um, you know this Omicron uh, continues to push people to back to work at home. Uh, maybe some of that, you know, that resurgence in the small unit market uh, may may stop, and that kind of momentum that we, we we've seen. And there's no surprise that Vancouver and Toronto finished number one and number two for rents. Uh, were there any surprises in the rest of the list there? Well, if you if you include all property types instead of just one and, and twos, uh, Oakville and Vaughan actually finished higher than Toronto, um, which is which is interesting for uh, you know for December, which you know essentially is just the fact that both of those areas have much larger average unit sizes uh, than Toronto. Um, you know, Toronto, as you know, we're, we're building a lot of new condominiums and those com- condominiums are bought by investors and, and those units are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, we're, we're seeing average projects with average sizes of, uh, you know, under 550 square feet. That's the average, the average size in a building. So we're really seeing unit sizes shrink and, and, and therefore rents are not maybe going up as fast as some people might think in Toronto. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Vancouver, Toronto, very highly desirable uh, cities and, you know, a lot of jobs. And so um, despite the fact that we hear a lot about the, the urban exodus and, and families leaving, you know, the jobs are here and, uh, and young people still want to come here, including immigrants. <laughs> yes. And what do you see in terms of, you know, this year ahead? Um, do you see continued growth in rents? Yeah, we did our forecast in November, really before the this kind of surge of of, of Omicron, and and I had expected rents to to go up in Toronto by as much as ten to twelve percent. So maybe it will be somewhat tempered uh, based off of uh, you know what's happening now, um, but I do expect them to continue to grow. I think demand is strong, as we saw at the you know the end of that last my last response there. Immigration is is back to you know pre pandemic levels and even higher, right? So people are coming in. We expect students to to uh, you know be fully back in classes, and and and, and Toronto has been a, a, a you know a, a huge destination for international students. And the campuses are are growing across, uh, you know, from 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 UT Scarborough to to UC uh, UT Mississauga, Ryerson, uh, U of T. The 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 uh, enrollment continues to go up. So I expect, uh, you know, uh, it's continued to grow. There continues to be strong demand, and unfortunately, we continue to uh, undersupply the market in terms of uh, in terms of a rental product. And that was going to be my next question, Ben, the supply issue and how it's affecting the rental market as well. Where do you see relief coming from? Because it seems that all of the new bills are people that are actually going to be living in them. So with the new immigrants coming in, we're supposed to get over 400,000 new immigrants this year and 150,000 or more will move to the GTA. So where are we going to get more rental supply? Is it going to be, do you see secondary suites coming into to play in, in more areas, or is it is it going to be uh, you know the new bills that get leased out? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the supply is coming from the the new builds, and I think, you know, we've discussed it before. We're kind of on a four-year lag. So when we get the pre-construction sales, four years later, we start to see that supply coming onto the marketplace. So, you know, 2018 and 2017 were very, very good years for pre-construction sales. So we should get a decent amount of supply there. We are seeing an increase in, um, you know, purpose-built rental apartments. So we're seeing, you know, pensions and and, and uh, other institutional funds wanting to get into that space. So we're seeing more of that activity happening, um, you know, even more when they got rid of rent control on new new projects. So that was a big factor that, uh, you know, resulted in an increase in uh, new purpose-built rental products. And then, as you know, as of being in the, in the resale market, there's hardly any supply. We're seeing pricing going up in the resale market at 25, 30% year over year. And what that, what does that do? It brings on more and more investors into the market. And those investors are, are renting out those, uh, those homes in the, in the short term. So we are seeing a little bit more supply of uh, investor held product. You know, we're seeing a little bit of, you know, the uh, accessory dwelling units, people putting in, um, you know, laneway houses and and we're going to start to see uh, garden suites coming in. You can build a small little house in your own backyard. But I think that's kind of a drop in the bucket. You know, we really need, you know, taller towers and, and more buildings and as much as people look and see all the, the cranes in the sky, we're, we're still undersupplying the market. If, if, if that's, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's hard to believe, but we built more homes in 2002 than we did in 2020. It's just, uh, they were out in Milton and North Whitby and, and, uh, and Brampton, you just didn't see them. And now they're a little bit more visible when you, when you drive down the Gardner. Great information as always, Ben, if our listeners want to connect with you, where can we get you? Yeah, bullpenconsulting.ca, at Ben Myers29, at Bullpen Consult. I'm, on, I, I'm fairly active on Twitter, you know, just uh, causing trouble as usual, so they can find me there. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ben, and we look forward to uh, more updates uh, in 2022 with you. Perfect. Thanks for chatting. After the break, what does The Bachelor Canada have in common with real estate? That answer is next. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Over to my co-host, Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties with today's guest, Asif. Thank you, Tina. Joining us for On the Market is April Del Monte Brockman. And if that's a familiar name, it's likely because you know her from The Bachelor Canada. But she's also the author of the Amazon bestseller, How to Thrive as a Real Estate Agent. Welcome to the show, April. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, April, tell us a little bit about your start in real estate. I mean, you were just 19 years old. I was, yes. And wow, that's a long time ago now. (laughs) But I was just 19 years old when I first started. uh, And I jumped into the real estate industry. And I started out working for a real estate brokerage as a secretary. I was hoping to familiarize myself um, with the industry and the ins and outs. And then when I was 21, I actually purchased my first house, which gave me a bit of personal experience and confidence. And then when I was 24, I actually became a licensed realtor. Wow, that's a great story. So how do you think your appearance on The Bachelor Canada 
helped or did it hurt your real estate business? Well, I can't necessarily say that being on The Bachelor hindered my career in real estate um, because I actually did end up with a few great clients who contacted me after watching the show and who are, in fact, really great friends of mine to this day. But I will say that it came along with its own difficulties and that being cautious and discerning in regards to who I was willing to work with was imperative. And I touch, a, I touch on this a little bit in my book, actually, in regards to exposure for your business and your personal brand, and that what may seem like a great way to bring about more business might actually not be. And April, describe your mentorship program. That was a direct result of your book. Yes. So the six-figure realtor program was a result of the book being published and subsequently just seeing a need for a mentorship program that better helps not only new agents who oftentimes feel completely alone and lost when first entering into the real estate industry, but it's also for the new the the seasoned realtors rather that who have maybe been in the business for a long time but they've hit a plateau or who are trying to navigate their way through a new era of digital marketing. And so the six figure realtor program is really a step by step program that shows agents exactly how to implement and put into action everything that I taught and wrote about in the book. And what secrets or tips do you have for selling real estate in the current pandemic climate, and in this digital world? Well, I would say if you haven't already, go virtual. Virtual tours now can provide very realistic experiences for both potential buyers and the sellers, and it really can limit the amount of people entering a home. But I would say my number one tip to selling real estate in general, but especially now during the pandemic, where where everybody's being more cautious, is to stage the home. And when I say that, I don't just mean decorating but and decluttering a home, but I mean rather showcasing the property at its highest potential and best use. For, so, for example, um, if you have a, an extra room that's not typically being utilized, maybe it's empty or maybe there's a lot of storage in there, really, you have to sort of use that space, utilize that space in such a way that it maximizes the home at its best. April, what do you say to people, especially in a hot market, when you hear of anyone and everyone joining the real estate industry and saying that it's an easy place to be able to make a lot of money? What do you say to those people? If you're a homeowner, then yes, selling should be easy um, because you've hired a realtor to work on your behalf and make the process as smooth as possible. Um, But I wouldn't say that selling real estate is ever easy, regardless of the market conditions. There's a lot of work, obviously, that goes into the process from start to finish, from understanding current market values to preparing a home for sale, uh, to the closing, all the way to closing the deal. Realtors are responsible for, for a lot of things and managing everything in between. So, That means marketing the property for maximum exposure, preparing all the legal documents, handling all the negotiations and uh, communications with other agents and lawyers, appraisers, inspectors. So it's really not as easy as just putting the property on realtor.ca and then automatically selling above asking price. 
Now, I'm a big fan of the many reality real estate shows out there. How did your book capture the attention or the eye of one of the stars of Selling Sunset? Chriselle from Selling Sunset was uh, given a chance to read the manuscript prior to publishing, and she was kind enough to um, provide me with that review and her thoughts on the book prior to. If our listeners want more information, April, or if they want to buy your book, where can they find it? Um, right now, it's available worldwide on Amazon and in Canada, Chapters Indigo, and then in the States, it's available through Barnes & Noble. That's awesome. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, giving us a, a bit of a heads up about uh, what to expect in the book. Thanks for having me. When we come back, your real estate questions. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Time now for our listener questions, and we begin with Rachel in Markham. She wants to know, after she has taken a virtual home tour, is it possible to tour a home in person safely? What precautions are being taken? Asif. Rachel, great question, and and we've learned a lot over the course of the last year and a half about how to tour homes safely, and, you know, we're using personal uh, safety equipment, we're using uh, sanitizers. And the homeowners themselves are also sanitizing before and after their showings and open houses. And, of course, they want to remain as safe as possible as well. And if the home is vacant, then a lot of the realtors are, are taking that opportunity to go in and have the home sanitized before and after, uh, you know, or maybe every night or every couple of days, depending on how many showings they have, uh, sanitize the light switches, the door handles. We're leaving doors open so that people don't have to touch doors to open them. The lights are remaining on. So there's a very limited touch points. And if you're wearing your mask, your gloves, sanitizing, then you'll be pretty safe. And if an agent isn't taking those precautions, the seller, the buyer, they should take that as a red flag, don't you think? I think so. And at a time like this, I think most people are being very careful, especially with the new Omicron variant. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, you know don't want to go back home until their home is sanitized and stuff like that. So they'll have that conversation with their agents and they'll find a solution to make sure that everyone is safe and comfortable going through these homes. Our next question comes from John in Thornhill. He wants to downsize to a condo, but is interested in a two-bedroom, two-bath unit. Does this mean an older building in 905 is his only affordable option? Asif, what do you think? Another, another great question. And no, there's some newer buildings that are making units that are larger with two bathrooms. Uh, you know, you're looking at, even if you're looking at Stovall, there's some larger units available, Richmond Hill, Markham, Vaughan. There's a lot of developers that have realized that the only affordable place for people to start off you know, or, or even to downsize is the condo. So you're starting to see more two-bedroom, two-bath condos, three-bedroom, two-bath condos, and there's so many options out there right now, and they're pretty readily available. 
And I'm assuming then, because John is suggesting here that he can only afford the 905, this larger condo um, is probably unaffordable in downtown Toronto? Yeah, downtown Toronto, if you're looking at price per square foot, you're looking at between $1,200 and $1,600 per square foot, which for a larger unit starts to put it out of play for a lot of people. And the 905 hasn't reached those prices per square foot as yet. So, you know, you have a lot more options in the 905 for the larger units. As a reminder, you can send your questions anytime to info at 1059theregion.com. But Asif, if our listeners prefer to contact you directly, how can they do that? You know, they can reach me on my cell phone at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. I'm Tina Cortez. Thank you for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.